0: You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So the conversation started like this, between me and God. God, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want that job. I want that job. I need that job. That job is perfect for us. It's perfect for our family. I want it. And I felt this deep, this little voice that kind of like runs through your mind for a minute. And I felt it say, why do you want it? And then I start to bargain. I want it because it's good for us. I want it because it's close to my family. I want it because it would be good for Maya. She can go to the best school in the area. I want it because we even found a house already. We looked online and there's a house in that neighborhood that's perfect and it has exactly what I want and everything that I want, I want. And it's perfect and God, you, you, you got to make this happen. I want it. And the job was to be campus, campus pastors for a very large church in the area. And so, of course, I'm going, of course you want it. It's for you. It's for your kingdom, right? Like, I want it. You want it for me. And then God You know, in the middle of all this, he goes, okay, so in all of your wants and everything that you want, did you ever think about the people? Did you ever think about the people that you're going to be, you know, pastoring people over? And for a moment, I froze in my want. For that moment, I went like, this has been all about me. The whole want, everything has been about me. I didn't think about anybody else. I didn't think about the people and who they needed to be over them and who God was calling to be over them. And I think oftentimes this is what we do with God. We treat God as an on-demand God. What do I want today? Right? What do I want? Let me see. I want this, God. I want, I want the house. I want the job. I want the husband. I want the children. I want the promotion. I want, I want, I want, and I want. And we treat God as, he, as if He is a genie in the bottle. Here are your three wishes. Here's my wishes, God. Make them happen. Done. Right? We treat Him as a genie in the bottle. And I want to tell you something this morning that was really heavy on my heart that God is not an on demand God, and He's not a genie in the bottle, and prayer is not a transaction, prayer is a partnership. It is not about begging and bargaining with God. It's about partnering with God. A lot of times we see God as this distant person. And this morning as I prayed for this message, you know, I, I, I really felt this. I had this sense in my, in my spirit where it was like, well, people oftentimes don't pray or don't know how to pray because they don't know me. They don't know who they're praying to, or they don't know who God is, and they don't know the character of God, and they don't know that God wants to partner with them. They have this distant picture of who God is, and and they come to him because maybe they need something from him, and they don't understand that prayer is a partnership. It's a partnership between you and God, and when Jesus came to earth and he taught us to pray, we have this in Matthew 6. And I'm sure you've heard of it before. It's the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is bringing about the will of God from heaven onto earth. Right? Prayer is about partnering with God to see the things of heaven happen on earth. Prayer also, because it is about partnering with God, prayer connects us to purpose. See, I've seen and I've heard a lot of people go, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what I was put here to do. I mean, I don't know what I, you know, I can't get it. I, I can't figure it out. I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And my question to the ones that have all of these I don't know is, have you asked? Have you prayed? See, you want an answer to a question you never asked. Or you want a clear picture out of that beautiful window. You want to see the view of what's ahead. You want the blueprint, but you never cleaned the window. So you can't see. Right? Have you asked God? Have you partnered with god to see what he has in store for you prayer is partnership prayer is purpose but prayer is getting a clear picture so that prayer also leads you to peace prayer is peace see i know a lot of people living in turmoil i know a lot of people anxious I know a lot of people not knowing what's ahead, not knowing what's going to happen and everything. Their security is in things and in other people and, and, you know, in situations and in their finances. And they can't seem to find peace. That's because peace is not found in things. Peace is found in God. And so prayer is peace. Prayer is knowing that who's on by your side and he has given you purpose. And because he has a purpose for you, he is going to give you the peace to carry it out. And prayer is also power. Prayer is power, but not just power. Because when we think of power, we think of, okay, healing, people getting healed. And yes, prayer is power for healing because Jesus has taken away all of the pain of the earth. And he has died for our sins and he has restored us and he has healed our bodies, yes. Prayer is power in that, but prayer is power to change you. Prayer is power to do something on the inside where now we understand what we didn't understand and now we see what we didn't see. Prayer is power to change your circumstances and the people around you who don't seem to get it. But when you pray for them, things begin to change. So prayer is also power. Sometimes what happens is that we trivialize prayer. What we do is we, get, we say, God, help me get an A on this exam. Mind you, you never opened the book. You have no idea, no idea what the subject is. Or we say, God, make the Huskies win. <laughs> you know, make the team win. Well, have you thought about the other team who's praying for them as well? you know so now god is in the middle kind of refereeing you to well, guys i can't interfere much here because you're praying for this side and you're praying for this and you know and we trivialize prayer we say prayer for things that are not um that are you know what they're part of just life they're just part of walking it out and playing in the team and how hard you practiced right or we say god burn the calories on this donut well how about you don't eat the donut right like it's easy hey son don't eat the donut and you're fine you know like sometimes we we take the power out of prayer because we make it this thing that it doesn't really matter it's just you know I'm just gonna throw words out there and yes prayer is a conversation and prayer is talking to God about everything and he cares about what's going on in our lives and he cares about everything but prayer carries power And so when we submit a prayer to God, can we be a little more intentional about what we're submitting to God? So that we would see his hand and not go, oh, God doesn't listen. Because my team didn't win? No. God always listens. See, prayer is not wishing. Prayer is declaring. It's not making a wish upon a star. You know, prayer is declaring into the world the will of God so that things will begin to happen in your life. There's this passage in John 16 that says, uh, John 16, verse 23 and 24, says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So I think this is a powerful passage because the name of Jesus. Carries the power, and so when praying, you know we ought to be intentional about bringing that power of the name of Jesus into our prayer. And oftentimes we pray, you know, in the name of Jesus, and people go, "Why do people say in the name of Jesus?" Well, because the power is in the name of Jesus. It's not in my words. It's in His name. His name has carried everything, and His sacrifice has paid for everything, right? And so in the name of Jesus, we pray and we declare and we see things about. That's the promise. We see things about, and I know that right now in the room, a few of you are thinking, I did pray. I did pray and nothing happened. I did pray for my friend to be healed and they weren't. I did pray for um for my marriage to be restored and it wasn't. I did pray and I didn't see. But here's what I will need you to know this morning that prayer is not guaranteeing an outcome. That's not prayer. See, sometimes, again, we go back to, well, if I prayed and if I did the right things and if I said the right things, then it should have happened. Prayer is not a guarantee of anything. Prayer is a partnership with God. There is no evidence in Scripture that if I pray, everything will go right. There's no evidence of that. In fact, if you look in the Bible, you will find that all the disciples ended up being killed or martyred or persecuted for what they believed in, for praying, for believing in God, for seeking towards God. So you know what? Prayer is no guarantee of safety. Prayer is no guarantee of anything. Prayer is a reminder that we are a part of something, that we are a part of something much greater than ourselves, that we're engaging in something. Prayer is a partnership. See, prayer tells me That I am a part of something that Jesus did a long time ago. See, Jesus paid the price quite expensively to set us free. Right? He paid a price quite expensively. And so he purchased us with his blood. He purchased us with his life. He set us free. And prayer is maintaining that freedom. Every time we pray, we get a little closer to God and a little more free. Every time we pray, we get a little closer to God and a little more to what we were designed to be and to our purpose and to our calling. Because the reality is that each and every one of us here have a desire to be something. I don't just want to exist. I don't want to just go about life and, you know, you come to the end of life and you go, well, what was this? What was the point in this? See, prayer is that. It's that partnership that leads you to purpose, that leads you to peace, and that leads you to see the power of God. Now, I'm going to be a little bold with some of you in the room and say, why do you pray? What do you want when you're praying? Are you, ask, are you praying because you want something for God? Are you praying because you need him to show up somewhere? Let me ask you, if his answer to you today was yes, but that was not the best for you in the long haul, then what? Now, if you're in the room and if you're praying because if you're, you know, you'll be honest, I don't know what else to do. I'm desperate. I mean, I can't handle the situation. I can't fix it. And so I pray because I don't know what else to do. Then perfect. Perfect. You're at the right place because God never despises an open heart. He loves when we come to him with everything we have and with our open heart and vulnerability and openness and just kind of say, okay, here's what I am, here's what I have. Perfect. You're in the perfect place. If you come to God with an open and vulnerable heart, he will show up in your life. If you come to God to get what you want from him, you will be frustrated. That's why there are so many people frustrated and they go, why, why even pray? Because sometimes you have to check your intentions You have to check your motives. You're praying because you want something. And let me tell you, I have even heard the absurdity, okay, the absurdity of people praying for someone else's husband. Now, here, (laughs) that's not going to work. If you're praying for someone else's husband, it's not going to be answered, okay? That's not going to work, all right? So intentions are everything in prayer. What are you praying for and why are you praying for it? If God had given me the thing that I was praying for four years ago, no, it's more now, six years ago. If God had given me the thing that I was praying for six years ago, we would have been frustrated. Connect Community would have not existed. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what he had for us. I didn't know what was coming in the long haul. I didn't know what his intentions for us was. I just wanted my way. Had he said yes then I would have been, we would have been stuck. See, I realize, though, that some of you in the room might not have a relationship of prayer with God. You might not have joined in that partnership. And sometimes, you know, I I hear the question and I get people ask me, okay, so I want to pray, but I really don't know how. Like, I want to pray, thank you, sir. I want to pray, but I don't know how I um, feel like prayer is like this, Awkward thing, right? This awkward thing here that I try, I'm like sitting here. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not hearing anything. Um, and I wanna, I wanna, I want to give you five simple pointers, or five simple um, things that should be in your prayer life. That should exist in your prayer life. That will help you see the hand of God. The first thing about effective prayer, I should say, I should call it. The first thing about effective prayer is. You cannot lie to God. Can I just say that? You cannot lie to God. Okay, so I heard, one, these are one of those things that just leave me a little bit flabbergasted. I heard once that one of the f- most stolen objects from a Christian bookstore is the Bible. Okay, if you know anything of the Bible, it does say in there thou shalt not steal, <laughs> right? Like, doesn't it defeat the purpose? Like, you're stealing a Bible. Mm. It's the same thing when I hear, you know, people come in prayer and they put these like big sentences together and they don't even know what they're saying or they're like trying to lie or hide from God. Let me encourage you this morning in prayer. When you come before God, come honest. Come for real. Come open. Come with like, you know what, I am really angry right now. I am hurting right now. God can handle your frustration. God can handle your pain. God can handle what's going on. And and actually, we have several examples in the Bible. And I want to read a couple of them really quickly to you of honest and vulnerable. And God, where are you kind of prayers. In actuality, most of the prayers in the Bible are like that. They're like, hello. You know, where are you? We need you. See, Habakkuk 1, 2 he makes a prayer. He says, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Like, I mean, that's pretty blunt, right? Like, Lord, how long am I going to be here? Where are you? Or you just have David. David in Psalm 69, um, verse 1 through 4 says the same. Save me, O God, from the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched, my eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me without cause outnumber the hairs on my head. My enemies strive to destroy me with lies, demanding that I give back what I didn't steal. See the desperation? I love how raw it is. It's real, it's honest. It's like, God, my enemies are coming at me. You know what? This boss is on my case and he won't stop. Like, God, sh- help me. Like, he's picking on things that I didn't even, like, I didn't even know. Or like, God, I'm so desperate right now. My finances are like I have zero dollars in my bank account and the collectors are coming my way. Where I need help. I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need to know where to go. Help me. We can come to God honest like that. We can come to God with real vulnerability. Not, hello, thy father, how art thy today? You know, that, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't change anything. That's not bringing the will of God into earth. That is not guiding you to your purpose. That is not putting peace in your heart because you need peace at this moment. That's not doing any of that. Honest, vulnerable payers, prayers get the attention of God. Amen. The next point I want to tell you is that when you pray, you must acknowledge who you're praying to. Right? You must, one, understand that he is a big God. If your view of, the fa- of your father, of this God, of this um, supreme being is not supreme, then that weakens your belief, right? You must acknowledge that he is big. He has been the first and he will be the last. He is above only and never beneath. He has won, okay? That is already determined. Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross and he won, There's no defeat in him. And so he has won. And that is how the perception or the view we need to come with when we come to our father. When we come to God, that he is powerful to change any circumstance at any moment with a thought, a breath, a word, with whatever he wants. He is powerful to do it. And unless we come to God acknowledging that he can and believing that he can, I don't understand where this prayer is going to (laughs) lead. because we must believe that he can otherwise we're just shooting words again right we're just shooting words he has authority over heaven and earth god has authority there's a passage in John 14:13 that says ask whatever you ask in my name this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son see god has vested interest in doing things on earth Whatever you ask in my name, you will do so that God God could be glorified. He has vested interest in showing up in your life because that brings glory to the Father. We just need to engage appropriately with the authority, knowing who he is. The next thing I want you to realize that when you pray, you must consider others. Consider your prayers. Like I said, praying for someone else's husband is not going to work, Right? Praying for your job to, I mean, for your, praying for your boss to fall flat on his face <laughs> you lose his job and lose his home. Not the best prayer. You know, consider others. Because when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, you know, we, we forgive others as Christ, God has forgiven us. Which leads me to my next point. When you come to pray, when you come before God, you check your heart. Because if you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you have people that you're holding on to, God can't forgive you. And I am sure you have done one or two things that maybe need forgiveness. Right? When coming to God in prayer, remember, he does know all. And that does not mean that, you know, I need to come in here and forgive and what they did was wrong and they're going to be okay with it and everything's going to be, you know, they're not going to get what they deserve, that's not true. The Bible also says that vengeance is his. He is a just God. He will take care of your enemies. Your job is to release them to God, and that's what forgiveness does. See, when you come into prayer, you must forgive. You must release those things that are in your heart. Again, honesty and release. Like, God wants your heart, the purity and the honesty of your heart. So when you come into prayer, you say, God, this person has done me wrong. You saw what they did. But you are a powerful God. You are just and vengeance is yours. So I give them to you. Forgive them so that God can forgive you and move you forward. So I know some of you now, again, are thinking, well, I did those things. I forgave. I did everything you're telling me to do. I did that. I have been doing that. And nothing, nothing has happened. Nothing has changed I mean, I praise, I pray, I pray, I I feel like my heart is clean, and I pray for this depression to go away, and it doesn't go. And I pray for the anxiety to go away, and it doesn't go. And I pray for my body to be healed, and it doesn't heal. And I pray for a job, and I don't find the job. And I pray, and I've done what you're telling me to do, but nothing is changing. And so it brings me to my fifth point. You must trust. In prayer, we have to find that we trust a God who knows more than we do. Here's the truth, right? We don't know everything. We don't know what's to, what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next five year holds. We, we don't know. And so I can't tell you that, you know, God is going to do it or God's not going to do it for you or that, you know. We, I don't know. The, the truth is this. We know the character of God. And the Bible tells us that God's goal is for our wholeness. And this we must get engraved in our heart. Because if we understand who God is and who we're praying to, that changes everything. Right? We need to know who God is and the character of God. And there's a a passage in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that says, Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. See, the goal, the goal, God's goal is to see you whole. He designed you whole. When he created the universe, everything was perfect. Everything was whole. There was no sickness. There was no sin. There was no depression. There was no anger. There was no pain. There was none of that. But the truth is that we fell out of that. We fell out of relationship with God. We fell out, and what happened is sin came into the world, and disease came into the world. And now, now it's a fallen world. It's a broken world, which means that there is sin, and there is sickness. And God has all the authority, and God has all the power to heal, and he has everything, but he may choose to do it in different ways. Now, he may do it immediately. He may come into your life and may, he may change everything because he has the power and he has done it. And sometimes he does it, But he may do it gradually. He may do it where you have to walk out a journey and there are things that you need to learn. And there are people that need to come into your life. And there are streets that you may need, may need to take and paths that you may need to, to walk through because he's building you. Or if he doesn't do it immediately, if he doesn't do it gradually, he will do it ultimately. Because again, we will one day be fully restored in the presence of our Lord Jesus with no pain, no sickness, nothing. None of that will have a hold of us anymore. So God answers prayers. See, what breaks my heart is to hear people say, I pray, I have prayed, I tried, and God didn't answer. He always answers it's the timing it's how how this is going to play out is understanding that we don't know everything we don't know everything we don't know tomorrow and sometimes the answer is no can we understand that sometimes the answer is no he's going to shut the door for your good because he loves you too much to see where that can lead you because if he has to shut the door to bring you close he's going to do it because he wants a relationship with you and ultimately the goal is heaven ultimately the goal is eternity with you so this is temporary this life now is temporary what's going on right now and what's in our hearts and sometimes we go through things it's a fa- again it's a fallen world but he is not a fallen god amen he is not a fallen god he is alive He is active. He wants you engaged with him and partnered with him to see this world being restored. Right? We go from glory to glory to glory in God. That's where he's taking us. So my encouragement to you, the question today was why pray? Well, prayer is not getting what you want. Prayer is not living a cushy life and being safe. Prayer is not having everything answered and now, you know, I have this beautiful, perfect little life. That is not prayer. Prayer is knowing that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And God has invited us to partner with him in this chapter of the story. That is prayer. That is why we pray. We pray because we have purpose. And he's waiting to show us that. We pray because he has peace for us. And he is the only one that can give it. We pray because prayer changes things, whether it's me or the outcome. Amen. Would you mind standing?